than nothing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. We're here to talk about exactly what you wanted us to talk about, the song Gash Wagon by the Dwarves. This is going to be an entire episode breakdown. I'm just kidding. It's going to be Game of Thrones. I'm Mike, at Official Pagan on Everything. Joining me, as always... Hi, everybody. This is Kelly, at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And... I'll just say it so you don't have to say it later. This is not a show about Gash Wagon of Thrones. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Earning us our explicit tag. Yeah. You took care of that already. <laughs> so we'll, we'll <laughs> but we should, before we get started, just want to give that spoiler warning. If you're a person that has not watched final season of Game of Thrones, you haven't watched it to the very, very end, the final episode. What we're going to be talking about is the final episode of Game of Thrones tonight, be forewarned. Basically, since I believe all of Twitter and most of Instagram has uh, spoiled it with people weighing in with their opinions, uh, I think I think we're probably safe. But always like to give you a heads up to say we are talking in its entirety all the things that occurred in the final episode of Game of Thrones. Everybody does. Not everybody. <laughs> not enough people. I was in a poll to choose who lives and dies. And this is a good spot to say, you should you should definitely like and subscribe to this show. Yes, this would be an excellent time to say that. But I was yeah. involved in a pool on who lives and who dies. And I figured I was safe choosing everyone dies. Because I really thought the battles were going to be a little bit more epic than they were and have a little bit higher of a death toll. I'm not counting unnamed Unsullied and Darthraggy CGI guys dying in the distance. And the children of uh, Flea Bottom. Because <laughs> a whole, whole lot of them didn't make it out of this show. So what were your thoughts? Sir? I, know, I know you're a book guy, not just a show guy. So what were your thoughts? A lot of people have been expressing their opinions on what they think. And a, and a lot of people are really angry, think that this entire last season was a waste. And there's even folks that have put a petition out uh, and gotten quite a few signatures to say, we ought to get, you know, we ought to redo this entire season with a new set of writers. Uh, which it's just this kind of petulant attitude we're, we're in these days, I think. I do think we've been very fortunate that there haven't been petitions coming out for different people to do squat cobblers. I well, think that, uh, we nailed it every time, sir. Okay, we'll go with that. Sure, I can buy that. Never um, has a ball been dropped here. And funny you should mention that because I will include this in the blog post. There is an excellent, funny YouTube video about uh, the ball being dropped by the writers on Game of Thrones. That is just hilarious. It's only about 60 or 90 seconds long, but it's fantastic. So nice tie-in. I'll include that I'll include that in the blog post. See, I didn't even know that. That's how good we are at this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary good. Yeah, super impressive. I am a book reader, and it doesn't really matter if you're a book reader because my hunch is... Season eight of Game of Thrones is six episodes long. The first three episodes are covering the contents of uh, Winds of Winter, which is still yet to come out. And then the last three episodes would be Joyous Spring, also yet to come out. Uh, so I don't have them as reference. My gut tells me that the major beats, how things went, wind up at the end and the major impacts to the major characters are all things that are going to happen in the books. But they're going to happen in the book, to my opinion, probably a lot better because I just felt, uh, and many people have said this, that, that this, this final season seemed so incredibly rushed because I do think I'd have to go back on the timing on it. But I think within a 25 minute span between episodes five and six, Daenerys flips to being evil and John stabs her within 25 minutes. So it's just like, boom, boom. So I just really felt they rushed through uh, a lot of it. I don't have a problem with how it turned out. I think if they had had a little more time to explain 
what's going on with Daenerys, what's going on with Bran, what's going on with Jon, I'd have been more okay with it because I had to infer a lot. But overall, you knew it, it wouldn't be everybody was going to be happy and skipping down the road. But I was I was okay how it ended. I just felt they took a lot of shortcuts to get there. What's your reaction? A lot of shortcuts in storytelling. I, I definitely thought it was very unevenly paced. I don't necessarily think it was bad. It was just unevenly paced. I felt like with the longer, more gradual, episodic approach, while sometimes the seasons were a little bit slow and didn't move fast enough, you at least had a sense of time, which gave you an overall continuity. In this, I didn't feel that. There's meant to be passages of time, large passages of time between a number of the episodes in the season. I don't think a lot of people understood that based on the comments that I'm seeing online. While I got that, I didn't feel that during the show. I knew that that's what it was. But I didn't feel that during the show. I also think there's passages of time within episodes that aren't really clearly addressed. And I think that that's, you know, the sort of rushed aspect of it that you're talking about. Just it really would have been better because because he just jammed so much in because it was like, okay, here, let's put a couple more building blocks why Daenerys might be getting a little grumpy. And they just kind of, okay, there's this, there's this, there's this. And but they didn't really even explore some of them enough to kind of because I'm assuming so obviously. Seeing Sandy beheaded, that's not a good moment for her. Having one of her two remaining dragons killed, that's not a moment for her. And I know we're mostly talking about the last episode, but I'm going to go back to the previous episode to talk about that for for a second. So, Mike, uh, you, you fly dragons with some regularity, correct? It's true. I do ride dragons. Yeah, uh, metaphorically. And the it would seem to me dragons are in the air, and you have what might be considered a pretty good field of vision of what's going on. So I always kind of struggled how Danny managed to miss the fleet of ships with large crossbows on them, obviously close enough in range to, with great precision, pick off one of her dragons with three consecutive almost headshots. Yeah, that's it's incredibly inconsistent. The weaponry throughout this entire series is incredibly inconsistent. They seem to have they seem to have technology and things when it makes for cool shots. <laughs> and then not when it does other times because she returns and attacks that same fleet beating them single-handedly with one dragon despite going up against the same weapon yeah but she came out of the sun that time <laughs> yeah she was facing the direction of the sun so none of the weapons worked yeah <laughs> and i think somehow the fact that she was flying lower was supposed to oh look they got to re-aim them but it just I didn't get it. I just, I really didn't get it. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I, I get what they were trying to convey, but again, when you're, I think when you're rushing through it, you don't necessarily get that. Now where I'll not even totally disagree, but where I'll defend the writing of the show vaguely, I don't think the change of Danny was as rapid as some people are saying that it is like, it wasn't just the turn the switch thing. I just think because of poor writing in previous seasons, they didn't put enough emphasis on other things that happened. So I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube where people call back. There's a ton of callbacks in her change to the first couple of seasons and things that she said or things that she did that directly tie to the final episode of the show and the final two episodes of the show. So you can go and find those on YouTube and you'll see like 20 things that showed that this was going to happen. And it, it does very clearly tie those together. So it is. it was planned out. This isn't an M. Night Shyamalan thing where they're like, it's a twist because I just made it up and it doesn't make any sense. But there wasn't enough emphasis put on that at the time. They didn't carry those threads through each season. And because this feels rushed, 
it's it's the pacing for me that causes the problem. So if that was handled a little bit better, it would have been an amazing character arc, a Breaking Bad-esque character arc, where you go from rooting for the character to to sort of turning on them. So and it could have been awesome. But again, like there there is literally so one of them, I, I'm not going to, you know, give someone else's video breakdown. This is why I, I try not to do like research into albums that we're going to review ahead of time, because I don't want to regurgitate what someone else said. But like one of them points out, like there's a scene in, in season two, I believe it is, where she literally has a vision of the scene of her walking up to the Iron Throne with the ashes falling around her and everything on fire. So, I mean, they, they did really did lay out that this is where it was always going to go it's just they don't really follow those plot threads strongly enough and they kind of just drop things and pick them back up and this is where the pacing to me is an issue and maybe it's not just the last season maybe if the pacing was more consistent leading up to this it wouldn't have been like this i've seen a lot of that stuff and i I agree that there's some foreshadowing and some things that can say okay this there's an edge to danny and all that but to me, the difference, and even with the, that vision in the dream, it was the Red Keep that had been uh, decimated, which would, would have been the seat of power of a foe. And so you could absolutely see why Danny might kind of come down on that hard. What I needed was, yeah, you've got all of those moments earlier to kind of show that she can, she can get pretty aggressive. But it was always against typically someone who was either evil or a clear enemy fighting her. And the process to how she was willing to extend that out to hundreds of completely innocent people, I just would have liked for them to say, okay, here's how she's now able to extend her willingness to do that to a group of people that she really doesn't have a beef with. And that, I think, comes into the pacing and the rushing of the last episode that you really, you weren't given any time to start to see how things might be progressing that way beyond a couple seconds of her sitting on the wall getting a mad face. <laughs> I like that. Um, so yeah, and that's to me, that's that's always been the problem with Game of Thrones. And I think that it's it's that's been my biggest complaint about the show is the pacing of the show. And I think that this season falls the biggest victim to that. Because again, there there's been a lot of foreshadowing to this. And I don't think, and this is just my perspective on it. So for anybody, all the fanboys out there who disagree with me, that that's perfectly fine. This is just my interpretation of it. I don't think Danny went evil. I don't think the Daenerys character is evil. I don't think she turned evil. I don't I don't think that's the point of it. To me, the point of it is to, you know, to the dictator, they're doing the right thing. From her perspective, those aren't innocent people. And I think that it was it was forcing the characters around her out of their comfort zone enough to realize and see it from someone else's perspective that, yes, to them, she's the liberator and going through. But every city that she's going to, she's killing thousands of people to those people. She's the villain. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't it's it's about the shift in perspective of the people around her. There is no shift in her character, in my opinion. Like her arc is that she doesn't have an arc. She gets tougher as it goes on but she her perspective doesn't change to her those are the enemies. she's just killing the enemies like she's done in every city that they've gone to she's killed thousands of people to all of those people she's the tyrant she she's the dictator so it's just changing the perspective of the people around her i would say of so i have like lots of quibbles and they're they're minor things but all of my quibbles about the we'll get to later all of my quibbles about the last episode are about gray worm 
<laughs> okay. So we're going to explore it. I'll, I'll try out, I'll try it out my main quibbles and then you can get your ears out. I'm confused on John's final dispensation. He's, he's sent to, uh, you know, to take the black. They seem to have magically been able to reform and organize in a very short period of time and to guard against what I'm unclear at this point in time. And then he heads out with the wildlings and it's uncleared in kind of black brother garb, but not clear if he's going to live, you know, cause it'd be a decent ending for John to just live out his life with the wildlings, but I'm not clear if he's just an escort or what's going on there. So that was a little weird to me, but my biggest quibble remains Dothraki count management. And so we start off with tons and tons of Dothraki. There's the battle of Winterfell. They all have their own little glow stick as they charge into the, uh, the army of the dead. All of the torches go out which was an amazing scene. And about four people ride back, one of them being Jorah, a non-Dothraki. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the next episode, they're like, oh, half of us are left. And then for the final episode, it looked like they were back to full strength again. So I just really couldn't keep the track. And so now they go from a huge number to four, back to half, back to a huge number. And then, unless I missed it, there was no explanation of the Unsullied were still cruising around King's Landing after this undisclosed amount of time jump, but the Dothraki are nowhere to be seen. And those aren't people you want to kind of let loose. <laughs> you want to keep close track of the Dothraki. And I I don't know, did they go back? If they went back, who took them back? I don't know, but I just I thought the whole Dothraki population management was poorly handled. I totally agree with that. We'll, we'll unpack it step by step. To me... John's ending was he was going off with the the free people to to live in the wilderness with them. That's how I interpreted it. That was my take on it. His punishment was to go live out his days in the Night's Watch. But really, I mean, who's going to go there and check? <laughs> he just, they were waiting there for him. They just took off. It's sort of like a certain person whose album we reviewed who was given a weekend pass from prison and didn't just, you know, didn't come back, escaped. I could buy that. Yeah. So that was my interpretation of it. You know, he was sent off for his punishment. Tormund and the guys were waiting for him. They just took off. And he's going to live out his days out in the wilderness where nobody's going to come looking for him anyway. Okay. Which to me is what the character wanted. So that's his happy ending. If anything, I think he's the one who got the happy ending. I think, yeah, I think Sansa's probably pretty happy too. Well, that's true. Yeah. Also, Sansa, and this has been a complaint of mine for the whole season, looks like a Cenobite from the Hellraiser movies now. When did that happen? During this season, she started to started to sport that look. Black leather dresses with chains and sharp edged blades attached to them. Yeah, she pretty... looked like the characters from Hellraiser. I'd agree. <laughs> it, was, it was a good. I mean, it was a good look for her. But yeah, it was, it was cool. Puzzling. No, puzzling. Cool, but it's it's bizarrely to me bizarrely out of place in this. Yeah, a, a fur free Lady of Winterfell's kind of different, but yeah, she definitely definitely liked the leather. Here at the end. I get it. They're making her look, you know, sleeker, meaner. This is, you know, a little weary, a little, a little more focused, world-worn Sansa. I, I get what they were going with it. This is, you know, the 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 world war built version of her. And I get that. But when she turned into a Cenobite from Hellraiser is where I'm lost. Yeah, but she'd been the best looking Cenobite. <laughs> Listen, my money's on chatter, but anyway. Different strokes, I guess. <laughs> 
I totally forgot what your next thing was. Uh, Dothraki. Dothraki, yeah. So my, again, with the whole continuity, <laughs> I have a lot of issues that my, every problem with the season finale to me, or the series finale to me is Grey Worm. It all revolves around him, except for the Dothraki thing. So we basically see all the Dothraki die in the one battle. And then there's conflicting versions of how many of them are left throughout the, the last couple of episodes. When I watched the scene where it was like Jon Snow came up and took half, half the Northmen are gone and uh, Grey Worm came up and half, half the, uh, the Unsullied are gone. And then the Dothraki guy comes up and says, yeah, half the Dothraki are gone. And I was like, wink, right? <laughs> like it's half, you know, dude, you're lying. <laughs> They're like all gone, but apparently not. Yeah, I was a little unclear on that, but my real problem is Grey Worm. So explain yourself. So I get his character arc. And again, he's, I don't think Grey Worm has changed. You've seen Grey Worm kill lots of people up until this point. It's the perspective of the audience and through the, the viewpoint of the people around them, the characters that you love changing of them. And now he's pushed to an even more vicious breaking point for watching the love of his life beheaded and thrown off of a castle wall. So, you know, he's going to be a little more on edge than he was before. And again, I don't think any of this is out of character. We've seen Grey Worm kill lots and lots of people, just like we've seen Daenerys kill lots and lots of people. It's the perspective that changes. So I'm fine with all that. I'm okay with that. Here's what I'm not okay with. So John's walking through the street. He finds Grey Worm cutting the throats of prisoners. He confronts him about this. They almost get into a fight about it. He leaves him there. He's still moving along the line, killing people. John goes straight to the stairs <laughs> to, to see Daenerys, who's about to speak to the army. Grey Worm is already there. At what point did he run past him, <laughs> finish killing those people, run through the town past him, get up there, presumably out of breath, <laughs> take his place to confront him on the steps as he comes up? There's no, there's no jump in time there. You can you follow the, him continuously through the town, right to the steps, up the steps. Grey Worm's there. It's little known that there are a lot of escalators in King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're well hidden elevators and escalators. And uh, I don't know. It's a pretty fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so I spoke to my one friend afterwards, and he's like, he brought it up first. He's like, so Grey Worm can teleport? Is that a thing in the show? Uh, I've liked the Grey Worm character uh, all the way until this last episode, and then I. I just, I, I missed the teleporting skills. I guess that's maybe a plus on his side, but I'm, uh, and I get, I understand he's not a happy man because of what happened. I totally get that, but they had, they had won. There was no need. <laughs> there was no need for all this stuff. Um, things that they had seemed to fight against in the past, they're now very comfortable in doing. Uh, I, I was, I was never like fully team Grey Worm, but definitely this last episode, not a fan of him at all. So I'm going to continue with my Grey Worm problem. <laughs> So John kills Daenerys. The dragon comes in, burns the throne, which, which I thought was cool. Takes off with her. Fine. There's nobody in there when that happens. I can think of a whole bunch of different directions that can go that don't involve apparently Jon Snow turning himself in. I get it. The dragon was just there destroying stuff. People are rushing towards that room to see what happened. She's not there. There is blood on the floor. She's not there. He's not dead. I feel like there was other ways to go than his confession <laughs> because the next time you see gray worm he lays out what happened he was not there he was not anywhere near there so the only way that they know in detail what happened is if john told them also gray worm now pushed over the edge you think he just took john peacefully 
Yeah, since he's he's all about about the slashing right now. Yeah, there, there's there's all parts of that that I just really struggled with because if I was Jon Snow and somebody came cruising up after that went down, I'd first of all kick a little ash over the blood, get that kind of covered up, and then go, man, that dragon freaked out. He came up and melted the throne and grabbed Daenerys and just took off. I don't know what he was thinking. But I uh, think there's there's a hundred different scenarios there because nobody but John knows what happened in that yeah. room. And I'm not saying that they're going to believe him, but he went with apparently just confess everything. Grey Worm, who is slitting people's throats in the middle of the street, prisoners who were on their knees, his, his last shred of hope in the entire universe was just murdered by this guy he already didn't like, puts him in a jail cell, and he seems in, in no worse for the wear either doesn't even apparently beat him up getting him there is like hey justice prevails put these handcuffs on you're getting your three squares a day but only in this room until i check with somebody else on what we're supposed to do <laughs> weeks or months from now it's not clear but a passage of time yeah it was i don't really know what the power structure is at this point in time because Tyrion pieced out and he's he's in jail john who it's i mean it's not entirely the stark men are noble men and incredibly dumb men. And so I don't entirely find it uh, unbelievable that John would say, well, yeah, I did this because I have to tell the truth, which would be because in a previous, previous season, Tyrion said, couldn't you just lie a little? <laughs> you know, and I don't think it's possible for John. And, but that would have been, if you're going to pick a first time to lie, that's been a great time to lie and just go, I don't know what went on. It was weird. Totally weird. <laughs> That was crazy. And I can think of a whole bunch of stories or even other scenarios where that happened. You know, it would have been a really cool ending. My one friend mentioned, what if then they storm in there and he has to fight his way out of the city? That would have been cool. We could have had the last half hour of the show before the wrap up be just him battling his way through the city. I would have been okay with that. Or, you know, what if uh, there's a hundred different scenarios? Blame the dragon. Blame the dragon seems like the most obvious one. So the Blame the Dragon t-shirt will be available on the Squat Cobbler merch site soon. Blame the Dragon. But all right, what if Arya had worn a Daenerys face and just long enough to, to trick them into thinking everything's fine? Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping for. Because <laughs> I thought, and I thought when they brought John out after they did kind of that, okay, so the dragon flew away and the screen goes black and now John's coming out of his cell. Um, I just, I really thought, cause they were kind of hiding who was, who was up there. I was really hoping Daenerys was going to be up there and we'd all know it was Arya, but no. <laughs> so yeah, was... there's, there's a bunch of ways this could have gone that make more sense. Yep. But they just wanted to wrap it up. But yeah. Yeah. And I think probably the, the of all of that, the bigger thing was Grey Worm going, well, we need to put you in a room, mister. <laughs> it's, it's, if you're going to go stab my hero, my leader, the person that freed me, you are totally going in a room with handcuffs. Sir, and, you are in timeout. And we will get, get we will get back to you soon. Maybe. Hard to tell. I have slaughtered millions to prove that I've earned this freedom, but I'm going to wait until this council of rich people tells me exactly what to do with you. And work off the fundamental premise of the other prisoner <laughs> in so doing. Say, well, seems perfectly fair. It was a whole within, you know, within a one minute time frame. Shut up, you can't talk to. Let's hear Tyrion, ex, you know, talk about how the new electoral college is going to work in Westeros. Yeah, I mean, I was, and that's the one thing I was okay with, which a lot of people don't seem to be. 
I didn't mind that the ending is meant to be the spark of democracy there. Ish. Because <laughs> well, yeah. Sam, Sam made a big push for pure democracy and they, they, they weren't quite ready for that yet. I mean, to be fair, we don't quite have that. So Yeah, is it, yeah that's fair. <laughs> wow. Swat Albert's getting political. <laughs> We're telling you who should have ran Westeros. So, and that might be a good way to wrap this up. So, we're at the end. We're buying in. You're you're the lord of Gashwagingos <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you're up there on the stand, uh, and Tyrion says, "Well, who should we pick of uh, the available candidates or people you could who are alive that you could pick through? If if uh, if not Bran." Uh, or maybe it is brand for you. Who would who would you have picked to assume leadership of Westeros, given who was left alive? Not brand. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the game is I I understand that I guess ultimately brand wanted to see this this first step towards democracy, and that's why he accepts the position. But if he can see everything in the past and future, then he's known that this is how it's going to end up for a long time. So it's sort of rigged in his favor in that sense. Now, granted, if he's doing it for the greater good, which seems to be the point where he exits himself from that meeting and lets them work it out themselves, then that's fine if he's just trying to you know, start democracy. But it does kind of have a smug thing there. Because he was completely useless. You know, you've got the, the greatest spy plane in the world with Bran. And wouldn't you have thought it would have been kind of handy for him to be around to go, Hey, Daenerys, there's a bunch of boats that are going to... I see a bunch of boats with big crossbows on them. You might want to keep an eye out uh, and avoid the first problem. And then to be able to say, hey, they're going to give up, do some things. But no, they didn't do any of that. So, you know, is Bran really just saying, yeah, this is going to play out and I'm going to be king? So I'm kind of good with that. Hard to tell. So one of the things I've said from the very beginning is that Bran is the main character of this show, which I guess I was proven right in a sense my biggest problem with this season is i feel like we don't get a satisfying wrap-up to the night king his death was cool but nobody seems all that interested in why this happened like snow zombies are a thing they're specifically after bran we just lost most of our people protecting this guy hey why yeah, and I was fortunate that I avoided all the leaks and spoilers, so there was a lot of stuff circulating, most of which, most of which was quite accurate uh, in terms of what was going to play out. But I think the majority of the versions that were out there included at the end that John goes out with the wildlings into the north, and they come across one of those um, people spirograph things that the the, uh, the White Walkers did and kind of fall into disarray because like oh crap they're still here which would have been kind of interesting uh to do but yeah no explanation he's gone they're all gone i don't really know what the night's watch job is now because it's well because <laughs> it's like well you don't have to worry about white walkers and the wildlings seem pretty chill right now and they fought with you so i don't get it so as a book reader though so i i intentionally didn't look anything up so from what i've been reading now though you do get a lot more backstory than I can in the already published existing books that doesn't exist in the show. Actually, no, there is no Night King in the books as of they've ended so far. So that's going to be very interesting. Okay. Well then maybe it's just the white walkers in general from what I was reading. Yeah, you do get, you do get a little bit more about the white, the white walkers. And uh, there's actually, I think some communication that occurs between them that you can't, uh, you can't understand, but yeah, you do get, they start to get no pun intended fleshed out a little bit more in the books. Uh, but the books have stopped 
where the books have stopped, Feast of Crows and uh, Dances with Dragons are both set simultaneously in the same time frame. One of them, uh, the Crows book, focusing much more on the North and the Wall, the Dances with Dragons much more about King's Landing and uh, out in Essos and all that type of stuff. But when the books have stopped, John has just been killed at the end of Feast for Crows. Uh, and so he's dead. Daenerys has yet to meet Tyrion. Beyond us kind of hearing a little bit about the White Walkers, and there's no kind of, I don't think there's a lot of Craster's Keep even in, in the books. I'd have to go back and look at that. But uh, but there's not a lot. But they they have been developed more, but it's it's much different than there's this kind of leader that you can magically take out and wipe everybody else out which would be handy <laughs> for the book, but I don't know how he's going to go. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but that's the, the power of the books is that he, you know, he can take the time in the books to say, let me kind of tell you how Daenerys is progressing here. So you have a very good idea. So you're not entirely shocked by what happens. Let me talk to you more about Bran and kind of what's going on there, but you don't, you don't really get any of that in the show. Yeah. Again, though, I'll defend the Daenerys story. <laughs> I feel like they they pulled the starship troopers. Yeah, I I, I mean I I find it a logical way for this story to go. I just think as if you're just watching the show and you have seen some things, just how that final switch flip to kind of go. Not only am I okay using my dragon to cause a lot of trouble, I don't really care who I do it to, and that had had not been that complete disinterest in the innocent, in my opinion, had not been ever really kind of sketched out until but it t- she definitely has no no problem taking out anybody she perceives as an enemy and if in her mind these people are part of the enemy now then it's super consistent and that's the way that i personally took it it's a starship troopers thing in my opinion well and she did kill aaron Rodgers, which makes me happy <laughs> so <laughs> so that's a sports reference aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the green bay packers i hate the green bay packers so glad aaron Rodgers died so it was an extra in the final final episode. There you go. We managed to fit sports into that. There you go. And I think a dead Aaron Rodgers is no better way to end this podcast, unless you have anything else to add. I do not, sir. Well, thanks for listening, uh, folks. And as Mike mentioned, please, if you can take a moment to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, hook up with us either on iTunes, link to the or subscribe to the blog or your podcast tool of choice. We'd greatly appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone.